climate and sustainability. And good afternoon to you once again, uh, Kevin James. Welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, Ernest. All good, man. Been a good week, despite uh, many fires here in the Cape, but overall uh, on a positive uh, on a positive footing. Oh yeah, big ups to those firefighters. I saw Absolutely. them staying up forty eight hours and more uh, just to make sure that people's lives uh, are saved, if you will. All right, uh, it's a World Economic Forum time again in Davos, Switzerland, which once again coincides with the publication of the twenty seventeen Global Risk Report, uh, which basically informs us of uh, the top risks risks. Uh, facing humanity this year. Uh, please give us uh, an overview, uh, Kevin. Yes, it is that time, Ernest. Uh, always a little bit cynical around this time, I have to say. It's where the richest, most powerful people in the world actually get together in Davos, Switzerland, and sip expensive wine, eat fine food, and try and find solutions to the world's most pressing problems, social, economic, environmental, inequality, poverty, food insecurity. Just hope they have the compassion to actually do that effectively. Well, each year at the same time, a report titled The Global Risk Report is published that gives delegates insights into what the most pressing issues are at this particular time. Mm. And it's really quite insightful and an interesting read, but it can be quite scary, so don't read before you go to bed. It is the 12th year that the World Economic Forum has published this report, which uh, really divides risks up into five separate but very much interconnected categories, economic, environmental, political, technological, and societal, and then ranks these in terms of probability of these things occurring, and then the impact if it does actually become a reality. Well, it seems that with the rise of nationalism, which we're seeing all over Europe, and obviously populist politics, which uh, best demonstrated by the election of uh, President-elect Donald Trump in the United States, and the emergence of other right-wing nationalist agendas in European countries, so we are here at Wilders from Netherlands comes to mind, there's a clear theme. The biggest risk this year, according to the study, in terms of probability of happening, is actually a climate change-related subject, uh, but is, uh, which is extreme weather events. Okay, we've seen this all over. We see that the frequencies events of these things happening is happening closer and closer together, and the impact is extremely much more extreme. While the risks with the biggest potential impact, if it does occur, is now back on the agenda, weapons of mass destruction, which has obviously got a bad rap since the taking out of Saddam Hussein, Mm -hmm. but something that is very closely related to the mindset of the new type of political leader who have more of a domestic nationalistic focus, like I mentioned just now, with the potential for re-ignition of the arms race which characterized geopolitics in the 80s and 90s. I suppose the most interesting part of the report and relevant to our show every week, Ernest, is how environmental challenges are now dominating the top five positions and how these are causing knock-on impacts across the, all the other categories. So climate change remains the major worry that dominates all of it, the, the major theme with all the other top risks all being related to that extreme weather conditions was number one concern followed by the water crisis, which is actually now for the first time or the second year in a row seen as a societal risk, not an environmental risk anymore. And uh, major natural disasters is right up there in the top five. And then number five is the failure of climate change efforts to make a difference, which hopefully is not going to be as big a thing that's if the Paris Treaty goes ahead and Donald Trump doesn't come in and rubbish everything. So interesting enough, economic issues, which usually makes it into the top five, is not an issue this year, either because things are a little bit more stable, mm-hmm. but maybe also because the other risks are far more, uh, put us in far more jeopardy than the economic situation at the moment. So a very interesting read and something really to take note of if you're interested in these kind of things. Now, it sounds like it, and at least one takeout is that uh, climate change is still there 
there uh, on the agenda as well at WEF in uh, Davos, Switzerland. Uh, back home, just briefly, AgriProtein, the global waste to animal pro- uh, protein company based in Cape Town, uh, has raised an, another $17.5 million to scale up their existing facility in Philippi and to fund the global expansion of their fly farming business into other countries. It sounds good. Yeah, so just an update, yeah, we've covered it twice before on the show in the last six years, their progress, uh, probably because it is really the most exciting and innovative in- initiative that addresses quite a few massive sustainability issues. Uh, one, providing a natural and cost-effective alternative to fish meal and other conventional and unsustainable animal feed options, as well as dealing effectively with this big problem of organic waste and food waste and diverting that from landfill, which causes other issues. So just to recap for the benefit of the listeners, what happens at this facility is organic and mostly food waste is dumped there instead of at a landfill facility and literally an army of billions of black soldier flies are then used to recycle the nutrient that is still available in this food waste into fly larva or maggots or their children if you want to talk of them like, like people which are then dried and pelletized into high quality protein animal feed. We first spoke about agri-protein back in around 2010, I think, Mm. uh, when they were still engaged in an intensive R&D research and development phase in Stellenbosch University, working with much smaller volumes of waste just to work out the breeding and the technology to be able to produce animal feed at scale or what is required to do that. So then again, 2014, we, we brought it up again when brothers Jason... Uh, Drew and David Drew, Jason, very close to him, he sits on my board here at GCX, they raised $12 million back then to build a new industrial-scale plant in Philippi, which is able to process 100 tons of food waste per day. Ernest, that's a lot of food waste, into about 20 tons of fly lava per day. Well, the news now is that they have raised successfully another $17.5 million. That's a lot of money from European investors to scale the Cape Town facility to be able to process now almost more than double, 250 50 tons of waste a day, and with this recent round of investment, they also they're not only the, the best funded insect farming business in the world, but also now the most valuable with a market cap of $117 million. They're worth now 1.4 billion rand, which is significant. The new investment will now be used to double the size of this existing facility, as I said, and then to build a second industrial black soldier fly farming factory in South Africa, and then to license this in further regions where lots of licensees have already signed up. Ernest, the green economy is booming, and South Africa would do really well to take note of what the Druze are doing, and the a multitude of opportunities that the green economy presents in order to really dig ourselves out of the economic slump that we currently find ourselves in. I think kudos to the agri-protein team and specifically the Drew brothers. Well oh, done. Oh, absolutely. There's a positive note to leave it on. Uh, Kevin James, we'll chat again next Wednesday as always. All the best. You take care to you and your team, Ernest. Bye-bye. Alrighty. Okay, that's our regular guest, Kevin James from GCX Africa, talking climate change and sustainability.